You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, this week, last week, a week ago, before that, we've had a lot of shit happen in wrestling. Uh, The great thing is no one was there to see it, but we're here to talk about it. We're going to get into all that. The night one of WrestleMania 36, a.k.a. WrestleMania 36.1. We're going to get into all of this and more this week as we break the ring down. You don't know what hard times are, daddy. Oh, yeah. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. You just made the list. This one here is a family. Hey, this is professional wrestler and professional podcaster, Colt Boom Boom Cabana. My name is Killer Cross. This is the Smoke Show, Scarlet Bordeaux. What's up, guys? The After Machine, Brian Cage. This is Ryan from Pro Wrestling Tees. Sadly, you are not listening to The Art of Wrestling, but you made a decent choice because you're listening. You are now listening to... And you're listening... And you're listening to... You listen to Breaking Down the Ring. 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 Break it down. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the most inappropriate pro wrestling show in the motherfucking world. We, wait, you are listening to Breaking Down the Ring, and we are your ring crew. Who's going first? I guess me, Smitty. <laughs> yeah. Clockwork, guys. Like the clock goes. Go, Nick. Oh, yeah. Uh, Nick, I guess. <laughs> Nick's late on everything today right now. <laughs> Z, it's your turn. Yeah, oh, he's still high. I'm Z. And me, the almighty one, Mikey himself. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, shit's crazy around here, as you can tell. Uh, we don't have the studio. We're doing things similar to you see on the news. Um, basically, we're all pulling a Chris Cuomo thing there from <laughs> CNN. We're all doing our show from our house in this Zoom meeting. Hopefully, it's been fixed by Microsoft, so there's not a whole bunch of shit going into my computer right now. So we'll get that going. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. Uh, not a lot saw in person, but definitely a bunch to talk about. The wrestling world has completely changed because of coronavirus. Uh, if you've been watching anything in wrestling, it's been a excitingly crazy. <laughs> different than what we have been used to our entire lives. Professional wrestling has always been a spectator sport. The fans inside of the building have been 50% of the action that's been going on. More more than that. Way more than that. I don't believe that. I believe it's 50% fans and then 50% the wrestlers, the production. If you take the the crowd reaction out of it, most matches are just plain boring. Yeah, so that's more than 50%. I can't I can't agree with that because a lot of the matches that we have seen without a crowd have been really good matches. Okay. I mean, 
if, as long as the participants, like if you're going to tell me I got to watch a Mandy Rose uh, versus Natalia match with no crowd, you're fucking right. It's definitely a crowd interaction, but the crowd's not interacting anyway. <laughs> just like, what the fuck's this? I don't want well, to see it. Especially with the ladder match. I mean, like there were parts of it where you really need that the crowd when they're climbing the ladder and going up for the belts and Michael Cole or, you know, whoever, they're just like, oh, there they go, going for the belts. But the match itself was a lot of fun to watch. I I thought the match itself was spectacular, to be very honest. Uh, yeah, but with the crowd, it would have been better. Like it would have went from spectacular to greatest ever. However, you want to fucking jump the all the drama. But also, ladder matches, ladder matches are crowd poppers anyway. Again, that's why I said fifty percent because you got all the work that the production crew, the wrestlers, and everything are putting on, and that. The crowd there is the other half. It is a strong piece of the puzzle. You can't, it, it, it definitely takes it away. It makes it different. But there are companies that are putting on these no show matches. I mean, these no crowd match uh, shows that aren't bad. If you've seen AEW the pa- uh, past couple weeks, AEW would have wrestlers acting like the crowd, but betting. So it's not like they're really cheering anything. And but and you'd have the wrestlers in the ring where you could hear the trash talking, which with some it's great, with others it's man you're fucking boring. The real problem is you start <laughs> really paying attention to a lot of the things that are going on in the ring, and you become really intricately uh, you start nitpicking a lot of stuff because there's no crowd reaction where you're like, why are they chanting what? Why are they chanting this is awesome? This is not awesome. So. Nick, we'll start with you. In the grand scheme of things, when you've been watching, uh, tell me what are some of your highs and what are some of your lows of these no crowd shows. Um, I would I would have to say, you know, there's been a few matches that the match quality was was pretty solid as as far as you know. You can tell that they're. Especially okay, so for example, last night Daniel Bryan and um, we'll talk about WrestleMania later, sir. I'm okay, so you're just talking Raw, SmackDown, Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT, all that fun stuff. Um, I actually a highlight for me was uh, the first AEW dynamite that they did at Daly's place in front of just you know 10 or 15 wrestlers that were in the crowd. Mm -hmm. I liked that part of it because. You know, you did lose the crowd, but then to see the wrestlers and like MJF and Sean Spears, you know, placing bets on the side and, and talking shit and uh, Colt Cabana in the crowd, you know, the crowd, um, you know, getting approached by Kip Sabian and that kind of that element was I, I thought it was a lot of fun and it really helped without having an entire crowd there. Um, some of the lows, there have been a couple matches like on SmackDown and Raw that really just were kind of filler, fodder, if you will. So I don't have anything to drink. Um, and it just, Open up I, I, I just didn't have any interest in them. And the crowd would have helped, I think, maybe a little, but I don't know. Yeah. Smitty, same thing for you for the Raws, the SmackDowns. You've also caught some other things. Obviously, Impact uh, has been pre taped for a while, so it's been coming in with the crowd. Um, and, but you've been catching some of the MLW stuff as well. What have been some highs and some lows for you? Uh, my highs are, it's pretty much that, um, lots of shows are just putting on actual shows. I assume some of my low actually. So there's the logo to my high. 
Uh, my low is the way WWE is putting maybe one or two previous pay-per-view matches on. You have enough time to act, and you have one of the most talented rosters you have had ever. And so this is also a time I feel like WWE could have used some of that just extra time to get some of these uh, guys that you don't see on TV on TV mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, I like the way uh, that goes into my high with my high that all the rest of these companies are just let, let the wrestlers go out there, have a show, and have fun. It's like you tell AEW, like some of the stuff they're just having fun with. The MLW shows, I, I don't watch them. Like, they're, they, like they're, they seem like they're out there having fun. And mm-hmm. like that, Impact, uh, Impact is just kind of it's super progressive about what they've been doing. So, even with, like, it just, like you said, they're pre recorded. So, we don't know what they're going to do as, as it pertains to, uh, like, the no crowd shows yet. Well, we'll get into all of these statewide clo- closures <clears throat> that have been going around uh, around the United States. I mean, for, I think it's all but like eight that have, uh, Stay at stay at home mandates from the governors, which is we're going to get into uh, as far as other things. Um, I have to say, look, I think a my highs. AW's first show was really good because it was unexpected as well, right? You had like Nick said, you had the guys in the crowd making bets, doing things. They kind of did that for other. I mean, not kind of. They definitely did that for other ones, like when Cody was thrown into the crowd and Britt Baker's like, I have a shoe and she starts beating him up and everything. It's, it's but to me, I'm watching it and I guess it's it's a little different for me because I'm sitting here going, man, I had this coronavirus and you guys are all just not giving a shit about anything, right? Like you have five, six people in one side of the crowd, five, six people in the other side of the crowd. And they're definitely not practicing six feet away, right? And then you get the crowd, someone thrown into that crowd and they start beating him with the shoe. And it's like a beating a bunch of people beating him up. And it's like, man, you are, it's like, what the hell, you know? So, I, but that's different for me, obviously, because I fucking had this fucking sickness and I, and I saw how, what it does to people when it hits you, when you're one of the people that aren't in the 80% of the mild range, but at the same time, it's different and it at least makes it kind of fun. Then you get into the things on the WWE side, and man, you are seeing some of the best promos that you have seen in WWE in a very long time. Yeah, Seth, like, Seth around like, the ring with Kevin Owens, uh, Randy Orton, Edge, all of these people are cutting promos, and it makes it seem like the crowd was a problem, right? The crowd would come in there and just start, you know, I mean, they, there was a while where the Raw after WrestleMania, everyone's like, I'm sick of these beach balls. They're not paying attention to us. We're trying to get this crowd invested. And like we were saying, the crowd is a strong part of all of it. So the fact that the big crowd wasn't uh, even paying attention, it was throwing off wrestlers, be it in matches, be it in promos. And you've seen some of just these high caliber promos since the crowd is gone. Are we going in? Does this mean we're going to go into a way of cutting promos without the crowd? No, but it does kind of make it seem like the crowd might be going, hey, if we shut up for a second and listen and cheer and boo and we're rather than trying to hijack a show, maybe this is going to be a much better product. And at the same time, went right back into the lows is because of the exact same things that I was saying. Regardless of this being a no, these no-crowd shows, there's definitely things that you pick up on a lot more because there's no crowd to distract you or there's no crowd to 
cut to. And now you're cutting into the match, staying in the match the entire time. I have to say one of my biggest problems is in AEW. And I feel like I'm always shitting on AEW. Like AEW is always a problem. But man, Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus has just seemed sloppy every time I've watched him wrestle. Like missing a knee completely. Like, look, I understand that you're not supposed to, you know, actually hit the people. But fuck, man, Chris Benoit went and did a whole bunch of squats and everything. And by the way, we are going to get into some of the dark side of the ring stuff that's been appearing. Chris Benoit went and did a whole bunch of squats because he didn't graze Jericho enough with a spinning heel kick. Because he, al- he also went and hung himself from his Hold on, Where's the comparison here? <laughs> so, but it's like the perfection that they wanted and everything like that. And then you got, we are looking at Luchasaurus and it's like, here's the face that he's supposed to be hitting a knee on. And the knee stops here. And it's like, dude, there's a foot in between you. Why are you even? Uh, Remember when we did the wrestling promo and like we were getting sued? So that's a part of reason why it's a bad thing to not have these crowds. And that brings the lows out in this is because you're trying to pay attention to it all. And it's just, you're looking at it going, well, there's a fuck up. There's a fuck up. There's a fuck up because they can't do all the camera cuts that they want to do. Now, Z. Uh, what are some of your highs and lows from the Raws, the NXTs, the AEWs and stuff, your highs and your lows from these no-crowd shows? Um, My high is that I don't have to watch them all the time. And really, I only got to watch like an hour and a half of the show because it's been like a WrestleMania replay or some other video package bullshit, which is cool. Um, I don't know. I, it, the crowd not being there definitely takes takes the drama out of it, and you can definitely tell who can re- who was taught to wrestle in front of a crowd and who just does it. Like who did it in a performance center? No, like <laughs> it, who did it in bingo halls with nobody there? You know what I mean? Like you can just tell because like, some of these guys just continue to perform even though there's no crowd, and others have been hindered by it. Um, um, I, I don't really have a low. I, my low would be the fact that commentary is kind of boring without a crowd, I guess. But I mean, I get to skim through my wrestling again and I'm, I'm happy with that. Makes me happy. <laughs> Lazy bastard. <laughs> Why? I'll be honest. I've been doing the same thing. I don't want to like the Royal Rumble match, especially when they put the Royal Rumble match. It's like this match just fucking happened. Like, yeah. chamber. I don't the need. Was like a they, week ago. Yeah, yeah. they did the. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what a, you know. Like when they put up the Becky Lynch triple threat match, it made sense because they were talking about how she had won everything, things like that, and then you know Becky Lynch has has been had this year long run on the division with the Raw Women's Championship. So let's show how she won it. You know, makes sense. Hey, hey, Mikey, sorry, just a real quick heads up. Uh, Facebook Live started working, so you're going out live. Yeah, I got I got that notification. Okay. I'll go share it in a second. Um, the HBK versus Ric Flair and Ric Flair's final WWE match. What point did that play? At the same time, though, if they would have, instead of showing random matches and started showing off a whole bunch of matches that were really good at WrestleMania or, you know, 
that would have been fine too. Cause like, Oh, we're showing some of the WrestleMania's greatest matches because we're hyping up WrestleMania showing Royal rumble matches and elimination chamber matches didn't make a lot of sense to me. Nick, where are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think the elimination chamber one, you know, when they did that, they were still kind of at a point where it was in limbo, whether or not they were going to even do WrestleMania, you know, in any capacity. Um, I still don't like it, you know, but, uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, on SmackDown and raw every single week for the last, you know, two, three weeks, they should have been playing the greatest WrestleMania matches. If you're going to you need some filler because you're not filling the entire two or three hours with in ring action, that's from the performance center. Well, the biggest you problem could, is they don't know what the biggest or greatest matches from WrestleMania yeah, are. They want clearly. you to believe something completely different than it actually is. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, what, Smitty? They feel like they want you to believe their take on it because they have their list in. No, uh, no, that's one hundred percent what happens. They try to rewrite history all the fucking time. Yeah, I Z put something online about that. And I went and watched it, and I'm like, oh no. Mm-hmm. I understand why him and Walt got into it. Oh, oh, he I said he built his own post. I didn't see it. I'll have to take a look at that. Uh, Smitty, what are your thoughts on the – I mean, I guess you have the same thing. I just want to hear everyone's comments. Like, these random pay-per-view matches being shown, uh, what do you think they could have done to do it better? Should they have done it, or is it something that you're enjoying? Um, I really don't care for it. They really, like, this breaks me because I've seen them all. And honestly, if they wanted to do it better, like I agree with you. You said they should have just did like the best of like WrestleMania to hype up WrestleMania. Don't have like the random triple threat between Cena, Rollins, and Lesnar, and the elimination chamber that was like literally a week, like a week ago, a week before you showed it on um on SmackDown. <coughs> have a theme of don't showing these pay per views. Don't just it's more like they just do like random matches on each show. Okay. Z, you obviously haven't watched them, so I guess you don't really care. Well, I mean, I, I can give you my point of view from a no crowd last night. There's certain matches that we're going to talk, talk about WrestleMania a little bit. Well, right. I'm not I'm not going to get into the match, but there are certain matches last night that if they had a crowd, they would have. I'm I'm pretty sure the ending would have been different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the crowd does affect it. But it is what it is. Where this is wrestling now for the foreseeable future. <clears throat> well, that's part of what we're going to get into next. So, with all of these states doing statewide shutdowns and non-essential businesses having to be closed, WWE, as far as I know, has only pre-recorded everything up until Monday Night Raw. Maybe I think we got some NXT as well because they've been talking about the Johnny Gargano Tommaso Ciampa match for NXT. Um, so I don't know what they have for SmackDown. I, I guess WWE's not allowed to do anything. Else. I mean, they're telling people no more than like five people in Florida with the statewide shutdown that finally went into effect shortly after WWE finished taping everything. I don't know if WWE had a say in that. Wink, wink. Uh, right. You know, Vince McMahon on a phone call with the president of the United States talking to the orange man. Um, so I don't know if they're going to be able to record or tape anything. So you're kind of getting your first 
professional wrestling offseason, it seems. Z, is this a good thing for wrestling or is it something that will take the uh, fans away? And at the same time, could it set up for an actual offseason every year if it doesn't hurt uh, the bottom line of these companies? All right, first of all, Vince will never do one every year because then it's money out of his pocket. Um, but in, in my personal opinion, in offseason, right after WrestleMania would would be good because then you'd have uh, you have time to do like a, a reset, you know, take uh, some of these guys away from the fans and maybe get them a, a fresh a fresh start when they come back. Maybe not change the gimmick, but give the fans enough time to forget certain things. You know what I mean? Like it, it gives you time to suspend your belief for when they want, whatever stories they want to do next. Oh, like Roman Reigns is a mysterious pull. Being pulled, being well, pulled from I don't know if you guys noticed again. Um, I won't give anything away yet. Cause we'll talk about it later. But last night there are certain matches that went certain ways. And I think they went in certain ways because all this is happening. Um, so that John, I think they're going to, ex- what, some storylines they were going to kill yesterday, they more than likely extended maybe, I, I don't know, through SummerSlam, have a big spectacle of it then. Don't really know, but I just feel that all this kind of predetermined some of these matches that were already predetermined to go a different way. Smitty, what are your thoughts on this? Why am I on this show? Uh, why do I even talk about this? Uh, why I did I wake up for this bullshit? When it comes to wrestling in the off season, I'm not sure about it. Cause they, uh, I kind of agree with you. Like it will make uh, 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 a different reason. It would give creative. Uh, it would give creative more time to actually make more developing storylines, in which that could possibly invest people more than these little short-term things they have going on right now. But um, lots of wrestlers even said in their po- on podcasts and interviews that time off is sometimes time off is one of the worst things you can have in the, in, this, in the industry. I that was my other thing. Like I guess I <laughs> I get that it kind of helps wrestlers. Um, <clears throat> bodies heal and things like that. But at the same time, I, I would think it's got to be kind of weird because you're so used to taking, you know, when Orlando Christopher used to say, it's like getting hit by a car at 30 miles an hour, right? Like the, taking some of these bumps is like that. So I, when your body is used to it and then you take a break from it, it's got to be way more painful to get back into it. Nick, well, so- yeah, I mean, that's a really good point, especially because this, you know, break, if they do go on a break, could be, um, you know, it's not going to be a week. It's not going to be two weeks. It could be a month. It could be two months. Um, you know, and it just, I think it could be a blessing for some of these guys that are maybe nursing some, you know, underlying injuries that they've been trying to work through. But at the same time, like you said, you know, if you get back into it, in two months from now, and is that going to be detrimental to them getting back in the ring? Will they be a little more prone to getting an injury? Um, so it's, you know, then you have a, the idea of a reset and everybody coming back fresh, but, you know, it, I don't know, man, it could go either way. It really could. D, you were about to say something? 
Oh, I was just going to say, like, my roommate was an independent wrestler, too, and he said that you kind of build up a callus. Like, uh, old guys that used to work, like, they were saying you have more injuries nowadays because the workers get more time off than ever before. Whereas when you were working, you know, 360 days, your body kind of just built up a callus around it, and it didn't affect you the same way. Right. But when you take time off, you get, you get soft, so to say. Not my words, their words. Which, yeah, I mean, that's, again, I mean, that's that's what any type of job that you do, repetition is always going to be better, especially if it's something in a physical form. If you're working out or something like that, you know, anyone who goes to the gym consistently, that's why, you know, I mean. Got it. <laughs> um, but anyone who goes to the gym consistently, that's why you have to ramp up whatever you're doing. Either you're going to go longer on your cardio, you're going to add weights to your um, – your barbell, you know, because the bottom line is, is you get complacent and it sits and it doesn't do anything to make your body better. So therefore you would have to think that doing any type of wrestling inside of a ring, which some of these guys might have them at home and be able to train and everything, but it's way different with, uh, if it's not in a match setting. So it's gotta be, it might have to lay off. And then you got these guys come back and everyone's all like, ow, that hurt because now I'm getting more injured. Like, you know, Z was Smitty. What are your thoughts? Is it, I already said like uh, a lot of it played a lot like off season was, was sounds nice on paper, but lots of wrestlers have always said time off. <laughs> is one of the worst things you could ever have at times. Z, did you just drag something across the table? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I had a plate. I had a plate holding my phone up on the right angle. So I didn't have to like, Duck into the frame. Fair. Um, I feel like there's a very distinct possibility that Smitty is not wearing pants or anything of that matter besides the hoodie. He's got pants on. Uh, Wait, we were supposed to put on pants? <laughs> oh, no, I don't have pants on either. I'm just no. saying. Yeah, I mean, I'm not dressed at all. I don't know. I, I, I am pantsless. <laughs> no, he's not. Oh, God. Assless chaps? No, just underpants. He's the heartbreak. I can't say that word. He's Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants. I'll say it. Me. (laughs) Yeah. I like how you cut it off just like I was thinking it too. (laughs) Um, Okay. So let's say this happens for a very long time. Um, Obviously, in the state of politics, you know, uh, the president wants to open up the country as soon as possible, which on a bit for a business standpoint makes a whole lot of sense. But as far as the sickness standpoint, it makes no fucking sense because we got to see that's why I have the just disappeared. Um, but from the sickness standpoint, like I was saying, it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense because. You're trying to like they're talking about, you know, flatten the curve and make it easier for the hospitals. And the more people stay away from each other, uh, the better for people's health because you're not passing around something that's becoming worse for everyone. So this could be, you know, I mean, some states have got their stay at home going into like June 19th, I think is Virginia, which is crazy to think about. Wow. Um, like June 9th. Something like that. Um, other states like us here in Michigan, the governor just extended it to the end of April, uh, the, the final day of April. So it's, it's just a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Each state is doing something differently 
So it's very possible, though, that we could not have any type of sport until mid-June, mid-July, because you got to think, things aren't going to just start right back up. You know, if you get into any professional sport, baseball, everyone's, you know, there's a reason there's spring training games. There's a reason there's uh, now preseason games. Uh, What? You said preseason. No, I said spring training games. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention. Pay Uh, attention, Then There's a reason that that, – uh, football has the three preseason games uh, now that it's three since they made their schedule 17 games. And every sport has something that happens before the actual season. So let's say these lockdowns end June 1st. Let's, let's just say that's the end of holy shit. We can finally go do things again as crowds. Baseball is going to take two or three weeks of giving these people. I would say baseball will probably start July 1st if it all ends on June 1st because they'll take that month again for pitchers and catchers and shit. Yes, to set up. So now you have professional wrestling. You can't just get in. I mean, maybe I think professional wrestling might be the only one that can do it, uh, could do it. But at the same time, you'd want these guys to go get reps. Like, hey, lockdown's over, raw next week. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe one week where you okay, get it all to the fucking performance center, have them, you know, do some reps, get the ring rust off of them because it's been months. WWE stopped taping two weeks ago. Right. So what? Middle of March. So let's say if it is June 1st, that's April, May. That's two and a half months that th- these guys are off. Roman's going to come back fat and Owens is going to be ripped. You watch. <laughs> Owens wasn't ripped when he left for his injury. So I guess, uh, what's up, Stefan? Facebook Live up here. Um, I guess, Z, what are you hoping for in the return of all this? Are you hoping that they've taken time to spend to write elongated storylines? Are you hoping that they put something in place to where WWE is a little bit more palatable um, as a weekly show? Yes. To both. Yes. I don't know. I'm just kind of the break would be good for me just because I'm so sick with right now. It's great to be a wrestling fan because there's all types of wrestling, but my life is so oversaturated with wrestling that this nice little break would, would be nice. I'd love it. It'd be great. I wouldn't have to worry about what I did or didn't see. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I could take it or leave it if they continue to play wrestling during, you know, the times of lockdown. I'm going to continue to watch. So, you know, it is what it is. Okay. Uh, Nick? Um, I think it would be if they – if everybody goes on this lockdown, they have to take a break. Um, to touch on your point as far as, you know, <clears throat> professional sports go um, – I think it would be in their best interest to take a good week or two to reacclimate themselves to getting back in the ring and taking these bumps. And I mean, you'd have to, um, in the interim, I mean, if it were me and I was running the show, I would put polls out there like, Hey, let us know what your raw moments are from the fans. You went back over a year ago and said, we're going to do more shit for the fans. However, Hunter put it, 
Um, let's see some of the best Raws that we've ever seen broadcast. I mean, let's see some of the best SmackDowns that they've ever broadcast. Keep that content on the air, and that will hopefully keep a lot of you know fans interested, casual fans interested. <laughs> keep that shit going. Eddie. <clears throat> Question again, please. I was trying to get my face <laughs> You don't even know what we're talking about. Well, I was getting my Facebook live going. I've already shared it. You don't need the live going. You paid. We're you're, we're live. It's <laughs> us. We're here. <laughs> you don't need to watch the video. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my God. What are you hoping? We can't do that on this. <laughs> what the fuck you going on? <laughs> what are you doing? It's legal here. Do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Um, Smitty, the question was, what are you hoping these wrestling companies do in this time away to hopefully better their product? Uh, WWE, get your credit to work on better, more engaging story, for sure. Um, AEW, go ahead and review some of the tapes and get and start working <laughs> out some of the tapes within your company. Um, power, power just, like, Figure out a way to keep doing what you're doing because you got the is, is they're really great. Um, impact is find a way to get more people on, get more eyes on you again. You know, just, that's also the same for all, just about any other like smaller company. Get find a way, like try to find a way to get more people's eyes onto your product. That's Smitty's checklist, everybody. How to be successful in the wrestling business. <laughs> right. Like, I'm just going to tell you exactly what people do already. Like, <laughs> not give any type of information onto what I really hope they do. Just, hey, this is what you're doing. Do it better. Yeah. He's like this. <laughs> he's like this Cleo. If he just does vague statements, he can't be wrong all the time. Man, you guys missed out. I really hope you guys can join the Zoom tonight uh, that we're going to do for WrestleMania because we've got to do everyone uh joining up again and man somebody was just dropping things we're like what (laughs) yeah sorry sorry i couldn't do that one last night there's a lot going on you were high as hell anyway (laughs) um no 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 it was way worse last night (laughs) Um, i guess that my next question is then um, Nick, I did I ask you or did I start? I started with Z and then I went to Smitty. So Nick, yeah, you, you asked me. I did. Oh yeah, I'm drunk, guys. Sorry. Right. Get it hey, together, Mike. <laughs> Get it together. This Pepsi. This Pepsi. Woo! Really hitting hard, baby. Uh, <laughs> so we're moving on to a completely different era in wrestling. Currently, the first wrestling event be it WWE, AEW, whatever. Do you guys think that you're like, fuck this, I'm going. The first one that hits, I'm, I'll am i be there. Smitty? At least go sell out too fast for me to try to go. Uh, I would like to point out, sir, that all you have to do is purchase them on the third-party market and you can still go, I guess. Like, I don't understand why you have to buy it from Ticketmaster. I, will, I would like to go. But all right. Because he likes to go you know, there's a joke in there. <laughs> uh, Nick, first, I mean, you're the one who's been to the most recent wrestling event. Like, you did NXT with the kid, and 
we were all like, yeah, I'm going to go work during this coronavirus <laughs> a day off. Um, so you've obviously been, you, you've been to something since anyone else has been. Um, but do you think like, what are the first events? If it's like a GCW that canceled in Michigan was supposed to be March 21st, that obviously, you know, got postponed. Um, is there something like, would you go no matter what? And if it is, what's the company that you would go no matter what versus, yeah, I'd try to go to this one. Um, you know, I know that AEW hasn't been on most of our favorite lists, uh, recently, but if they came through Detroit, I would like to go to that show being in Detroit, you know, to see how that works here. Um, if it, if it was SmackDown, Raw, anything like that, I would feel the same, uh, sense of priority as I usually do. If I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Pay-per-view probably would change my mind. Um. I, I was really planning on going to that GCW show. I was waiting for the last minute to buy tickets, but um, good thing I did. So, well, I mean, they would have, you know, they refunded everyone. Um, yeah. Uh, Z, are you like whatever it is? It hits Detroit. Are you going to go? <clears throat> uh, like Nick said, feels AEW would be their first show in Detroit, so I'd I'd be all over that one. Uh, AEW pay per view or WWE pay per view? Yes. Anything else? It, eh, if I go, I go. If I don't, I don't. And that, you know, Raw, SmackDown, all that. So, see, um, I for me, it definitely would depend on the work situation. Being the bartender uh, in downtown Detroit, I work a lot of events. But at the same time, a lot of wrestling is going on now when I'm not working outside of Friday Night SmackDown. Um, I can't say that I would jump. At the chance for a Raw or SmackDown? I mean, I would go. Would you, would you skip? Would I skip? You wouldn't jump, but would you skip to a chance? Uh, no, um, but I, I might scoot at a chance. Okay, scoot at a chance. But, you know, any type of free ticket, obviously, any one of us would take. Uh, would I go and spend full price on a ticket? Depends on what the, you know, no, what no, the, no. I can't say I would it, man. Like, cause again, it, like I said, depends on what the event is. If I can get, I, I mean, hell dude, that one hell in the cell that was here, I paid a little bit more money than anyone was paying for. Because you wanted the fucking chair. Otherwise you would have paid $70 at the rest of us. Yeah. But that chair is sweet. I got it. And I can hit people with it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, in my, it's in my wedding video. Is it? I think so. the hell in the cell on the oh yeah at at, uh, at the condo. Um, so I, I think for the most part I would probably go, but I don't think I would take a Friday night off for SmackDown, spe- seeing that I haven't been working since March twelfth. Uh, I believe was my last day of work, uh, maybe fourteenth. I don't remember. Fourteenth was mine. Was that Sunday or was it? Saturday? Yeah, that Sunday they let us all go at like seven. Okay, March thirteenth then. Um, so yeah. Maybe uh, I would see what I was doing. Now, March thirteenth was a Friday. Didn't you work that Saturday? That's what I thought. That's why I said fourteen. Yeah. Smitty yeah. said, well, "Smitty's wrong all the time." Why did I take fucking hashtag wrong again? Saturday. Well, y'all got to look for us. No, wait. Well, yeah, March thirteenth right. was Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, and then all this shit happened. And, and then I the got 14th. married. Friday the thirteenth happened, and the world ended. Yeah, that's what. Happened. Um, Moral of the story: Don't get married. Why? 
the end of the world. At least I got somebody to spend it with. <laughs> bang bang! <laughs> I, I like how he throws up his hand, like it's some sort of con con consent. Like it's better because I have you. <laughs> yeah, I got two of them. Oh, <laughs> one's a little strange. <laughs> Jeez, uh, <right>. So the <laughs> next hand, the power hand comes up. <laughs> Uh, finishing off the conversation about shows without a crowd. Last night was WrestleMania night part one. WrestleMania 36.1, first half of WrestleMania. You got three hours of a show with an hour-long pre-show. And to be fair, it seems like that's probably what's going to happen again tonight on Wrestle for WrestleMania the second night. One hour of pre-show, three hour of show. Eight hours of WrestleMania spread over the course of two nights. Now, before we go into the show, I want to ask you guys each, are you a more – do you think WrestleMania should be split up like this in the future, a two-night event where it's two nights at three hours, four hours, versus one night at eight hours? Z, we'll start with you. Uh, <clears throat> well – I, I mean, it would be cool if it was stretched over, a, you know, a Saturday, Sunday, because then, you know, a lot of times Saturday you can, you know, hang out, relax, watch WrestleMania and not have to worry about going to work in the morning. I mean, and then, you know, bigger event Sunday or whatever. Or, but then what do you do with takeovers and shit? Would it be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then you'd have fucking the Hall of Fame on Thursday? Uh, I mean, you could technically do the Hall of Fame whenever. Um. Yeah, considering that's what they're doing this year, they're ha they're not doing it yet. Doing it till um, some wait till SummerSlam, supposedly. <clears throat> More than likely, um, if that even happens. Okay, Nick, what are you thinking about this two night WWE WrestleMania? I like the idea, um, because like Z said, you get that chance on Saturday night to just chill and and watch mania and get fucked up and not have to go to work the next day and um and then you know have the the bigger event on sunday and if you're going to mania you've got a a chance to go to essentially two shows two wrestlemanias in essence and i mean fuck it you can have the hall of fame during the day on saturday and you know i mean who cares and uh yeah take over friday <laughs> Uh, fuck it, you know, and I think it would be a good idea uh, because at your current rate, you're at a seven or eight hour Sunday going from five o'clock all the way up to midnight. Um, you know, and I, I think I think you could pull it off. I think you could. Many. Uh, I like the whole two night thing, but I don't think it's a, thing, a good thing for the long run. You feel like you spend eight hours at, at work if you are working right now. Honestly, I don't mind the whole eight hours. Like, it's the big event. Can I not understand Smitty? Well, you have a siren going on in the back of your round of your house, so I wouldn't have been able to understand Smitty either. Oh, well, I'm, my bad. I'll tell them to keep it down next time. <laughs> Just mute yourself, nerd. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. I barely knew how to do this, so just leave it at that. Right. Look on your screen, and there's a mute button right there where you, right where you start to, uh, and that. Menu where you put up your background. Yeah, that one. 
that particular one. You know, I saw nothing you did, right? Go ahead. Look on the screen with your face. I would like to be a mute button there. If you're having a problem understanding Smitty now, uh, oh, you just muted your video. I'm getting a work call. Okay. Um, he gone. He gone. All right. So, Smitty, again, um, two night WrestleMania. Uh, I'm okay with, with the circumstances this year, but I think I've been programmed at this point now to have WrestleMania be like a work, like work, uh, work day, like hour type, hours type thing. So it also like have it all in one day give you time to do like the Hall of Fame like, to give uh time to the Hall of Fame and to do um like the NXT takeovers and they actually have time to feel important. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> that's my take on the two. Like I like it's nice to have it split up this year because it gives us the content and honestly, I feel like you could probably focus on things more this way. On certain stories, certain matches, or this way, but I'm just pro- at this point. I'm just programmed for the eight-hour spectacle. Um, personally, I'd love to see it go to two days. I think uh, I already do it for Wrestle Kingdom, and that's two days of six hours of show, like each. Yesterday just flew. Um, it ending at ten was wonderful. Um. I was all right with this six to 10, four hours. If you're, if you watch the pre-show, uh, I definitely watched the pre-show. The Drew Gulak and Cesaro match was, uh, we'll get into and stuff. So why I watched it was the fact that I knew there was going to be another match on it. And then I watched the pre-show tonight where it's Liv Morgan and Natalia. Maybe. Doubt it. Don't know. I don't know. But at the same time, you got to see where it goes. I love the flow of the show. I love that it just, it, it didn't feel like a chore to watch WrestleMania, even though we'll get into it. There were definite problems with this show and watching a no crowd, anything sometimes feels like it does take a little bit of time or a labor, a labor of love, as we would say. So to make it seem that you can have this same thing over the course of two nights, I think it's spectacular. Now, the reason I think it actually might happen in the future, maybe not the next one, right? But possibly because they announced the next one in uh, California, uh, March 28th, 2021. Um, Ticket sales, man. You know how much more money Vince is going to make for WrestleMania if it's a two-night event? And you got Vince who's going to be sitting there lining his pockets. Let's just say you do WrestleMania the night before one again, that was four hours. Give it five and a half, six hours that you're spending at a stadium for night one. Okay. And night two versus getting there at 4 PM, leaving there a little bit after midnight, uh, spending all that time where you're in one spot. It's not broken up, but then you could do something like the hall of fame Sunday afternoon. If you're not starting WrestleMania till the pre-show is not starting until 6 p.m., it's very easy to do a Hall of Fame at like 1, noon, something like that, you know? Uh, I don't know. Sorry, Z-Tech saying, is it like double dutch once he leaves, you can't come back? Uh, I don't know if Dave's paying attention. Um, So, yeah, I think it's – there it is. 
He's back with the. <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I think it. I don't mind WrestleMania as a. I definitely think it is a possibility that Vince McMahon will capitalize on any type of money. And it, because it's later in the day and you're not getting, getting out so late, it's very possible to do the Hall of Fame Sunday afternoon. You can do TakeOver on Friday night, you know, something like that. Uh, see where it goes. Um, now let's get in to the greatness that was WrestleMania 36. Uh, the great, the weird thing about this is nobody knew what the matches that they were showing were going to be until it was announced on the pre-show. Like the only thing that you knew for sure is that there was going to be a pre-show match each night. That's it. And All right, so you got like uh, Kevin Owens in his promo uh, mentioned that on Saturday night that all of the rounds were going to happen on Saturday. Yeah, but you didn't really know that. Like you can throw well, it. He particularly says this Saturday. Yeah, because that's when WrestleMania started. Everyone was saying it. Even all the announcers were saying this Saturday under uh, two big two nights. Yeah, sorry, Saturday you're gonna get brought Braun Strowman versus Goldberg because that's how they announced that Braun Strowman was replacing Roman Reigns. Very unique way. And then they announced, you know, <laughs> and then you're gonna have uh, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. You know, all start all starting Saturday. It's like. We didn't know what you were going to get. So last night, we found out what you got. Uh, the pre-show match for night one was Cesaro versus Drew Gulak. Uh, then WrestleMania kicked off with the Women's Tag Team uh, Championship. Uh, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross becoming the first ever two-time Tag Team Champions uh, by defeating the Kabuki Warriors. Then Elias defeated King Corbin. Uh, Lynch defended her title against Shayna Baszler. She retained. Uh, Sami Zayn retained the Continental Championship against Daniel Bryan. Uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match was supposed to be a triple threat ladder match. Unfortunately, Miz got sick and wasn't cleared to compete because of all this coronavirus going on. So they instead made it a triple threat, uh, one half of each team. Uh, so it was Jimmy Uso from the Usos, Kofi Kingston from New Day, John Morrison from... Uh, Miz and Morrison, and Morrison retained the titles in a very uh, different way to end a ladder match. Seth Rollins what turned out to be a no-DQ match. Uh, Seth Rollins using the bell to get out of that match. Uh, Kevin Owens trash-talking him until Seth came back to fight him during a no-DQ match. Uh, then Braun Strowman defeated Goldberg to become the new Universal Champion uh, after – Seven attempts, you finally got Braun Strowman with the top title in the one of the top titles in the company. Uh, then you had the Boneyard match that everyone had no idea how it was going to go, how it was going to happen, how it was going to end. And Undertaker defeated Baby Styles by killing him at the end of this match, uh, buried him alive, literally. Uh, so it's a buried alive match in a cemetery, basically. So it's okay. He'll come back on Sunday. That's how that works. Yeah, that's how, yep, this is exactly how that works. All right. So night one, WrestleMania. Nick, we're going to start with you. What is your highlight? What is the thing that stood out most to you that you loved that you have nothing but admiration? 
Um, well, I would definitely say the ladder match. Um, I was excited for it, if I could use that word, uh, when it was a tag match. Then when they moved it to, you know, one member of each team, I was just kind of like, what, what the fuck are they going to do with that? Um, but it turned out to be really good. And, I, you know, honestly, having an empty performance center, in a, in a sense, hurt the match. But in a sense, it kind of also helped, too, because you really got the feel of, what their bodies were going through and, you know, shit talking in the match and things like that. I wasn't, I wasn't too crazy about the ending. Like it was okay, but it was also kind of wonky for me. Um, so that was cool. Yeah. Um, I, I did like the Owen spot off of the WrestleMania logo. Uh, I think that worked really well. Um, the Braun Strowman victory while, Part of me wanted to be like, yes, they finally gave Braun Strowman, you know, this this opportunity to run with the major title. But then, you know, Simon Miller from What Culture kind of said it best. He was like, you know, if you look at my body language, I'm just kind of like, eh, that's cool. There goes the duck. Wow, that's really cool, I guess, over there. Like, I don't know. It kind of deflated me at the same time. So, Braun Strowman's body language? No, 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 no. Like, uh, Simon Miller, he like was kind of just standing there and he's like, and then he just kind of like slouched over like, wow, that's really cool that Braun Strowman won the title. I'm finally happy. It's kind of seemed random at this point now. Yeah. No, it wasn't random at all. Braun Strowman winning the title wasn't random. Goldberg dropping the title at WrestleMania. Oh, no, not, not, not that part. Just the fact that Braun won the title as himself, not Goldberg losing. I figured Goldberg was going to lose if they fucking put Ellsworth in the ring. But Braun himself, just Braun Strowman winning the title, to me, yes, definitely random. All right. Because you you've already built it for Roman. And then, like, kudos to Roman for pulling out because of his health issues. But, like, and if, like, and if you gave it a little bit more explanation going into the match, like, you could have came up with some type of excuse or or whatever. You could have just told the truth to say, or do the health issues. Many. Hold on. Turn your phone down. That's not my phone. Every time you talk, that is not me, a Z. No, no. Every time that you talk, there's a reverb on it. I understand what Z's saying. Like, it's not just hearing your voice. It's better. Kind of like when you call into a radio station and they tell you to turn down the radio. Yeah, because you can like hear yourself through the phone. Yeah. So it's just better. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So talk. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I think it would have been better if they actually, you, even though it's only been like a one week bill, like have Strowman cut a promo or something. Or like the way they announced Roman being out, it was just Michael Cole saying, Braun Strowman will be taking on taking on Goldberg. Like that's why I felt so random because there was nothing besides what Michael Cole said leading into this match. So what were your highs? Uh, your what was one of your highs for WrestleMania? Well, my high, I agree with Nick, was probably the uh, ladder match. It was a good way to showcase all three of the guys that were in there, and um, especially I give credit to Jimmy Uso because you don't like usually when you see Jimmy Uso. The Usos are pretty much a pair. Like you've seen them, maybe able to. You've seen them both able to do singles matches, 
but this is one of those times like you forget like the Usos are actually decent on their own as well, even though they're even though they're better less as a tag team. Um, it was good. This is the first time we got to see Morrison actually like showcase himself, and then Kofi. It was, Kofi is just Kofi, and he was probably my favorite part of the match. So With his trolling hair, huh? With his trolling hair, yeah. <laughs> like the trolley gummies, like I was like when I first come to our land. Sorry about oh your God. hand. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like Kofi, like he had some highlighted spots inside throughout the whole match. Uh, I really enjoyed that latter spot with Jimmy and uh and Morrison, where I pretty much the latter missed Morrison the whole time and he ended oh. up with the eye poke. Um, Z, what were you? What was your high for WrestleMania night one? Uh, I had this cookie dough. Oh, different high. Um, <laughs> my high spot, like I, uh, I really enjoyed the Daniel Bryan Sami Zayn match. Really? That, uh, yeah, it, it it was good. Up and I mean, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, but uh, the actual match was kind of, kind of like a wrestling clinic. Um, there were some stiff shots in that match. Uh huh. Um, my low would probably be that Gulag and Cesaro didn't get more time. I get it that they were like on the pre-show, but the the pay per view was over by ten o'clock, and normally it's eleven. You could have given them an extra, you know, 10 minutes because that match was actually shaping up to be really good. But then it seemed like it ended out of nowhere because, you know, they were short for time. That UFO from Cesaro, that's like an old finisher of his. I guess. Yeah. When you uh, see uh, Chris Hero, a.k.a. Castizono. Yeah, and I'd never seen it before. And the fact and I saw A.k.a. It. Cottage Cheese Legs. Huh? Nothing. He said Cottage Cheese Legs for uh, Ono. Oh. But yeah, I'd never seen the I'd never seen the move before, and that was sick. And then he just let him fucking drop. I was like, oh. <laughs> um, my high is was definitely the triple threat ladder match. Um, I, I ha- we have to talk about this. Because- oh wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a whole other match that happened that was my high. I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed the uh, the boneyard match. That's what we were going into. Uh. This match has been getting a lot of high praise on the Twitter machine. Um, a lot of people talking about how it's one of the greatest things. Also, people going, oh, my God, I love watching the final deletion again in WWE. And it's like, yeah, it was well, not- they actually did a good camera shit this time. <clears throat> Last time was shitty. This one was good. Um, so this whole match was kind of cool. I mean, I'll, I'll be very honest. I liked it up until the end. Um, there was a couple things I wish would have happened. Like if Undertaker was thrown into that grave and then when he came back, he was one of his older gimmicks. Like then all of a sudden he was the dead man. And then AJ puts him in the grave again. And then he comes back as the dead man with the purple gloves, like original looking Undertaker style. It's or not ministry. Like you, done it. you know, it's not like you couldn't have done it. You had all this time to edit and put things together. So on and so forth that they could have went so many different ways. I guess though, that may have been similar to like the Lake of Reincarnation. I didn't even think about that until just now. Uh, but Dead Man in the Grave, it just makes sense. I will say I was happy that he came out as the biker. But at the end of it, there was the dialogue, the diatribe going back and forth with Undertaker. Where Styles is like, don't bury me. Don't bury me. I'm sorry. He's like, I'm not going to bury you, boy. 
You guys put up a hell of a fight. Half the men I fought wouldn't put up this fight. It's great. You know, putting over Styles, and then, of course, he turns around and knocks him into the grave, and then hobbles over to the John Deere and starts it, and then puts it in gear. Undertaker should have rose his arms, and it did it itself. Like, there's so many things that this match they could have done with, with all of the cinematics, all of the cutting and editing that they could have done with this. It just seemed like at the end got really awkward, really long, and took me out of the match. How are you feeling about that, uh, Smitty? Uh, first thing I thought was when I saw a praise on Twitter and now people talk about violation, like, let's be honest, it's not the first time Taker's killed somebody on camera. So uh, when people are talking about the whole burial thing and he murdered AJ, I'm like, not the first time. Was remember when he did it at WrestleMania uh, back in the day when he hung Bossman from the cell, and when he buried. Plus, there's been many buried alive matches. That's what the point point of it is. Yeah, well, but I was all right with it. At least I kind of agree with you that the ending they could have did a little bit more with the ending, or at least with Kid Taker's character. Because honestly, this was just Mark Calloway. This wasn't really the Undertaker. But that was the point of it, the whole build and everything. Uh, Z, what was you, you said the Boneyard match was your, your favorite. Talk about it. <clears throat> well, right up until the end, it was my favorite. I would, I didn't know what they were going to do with AJ and Taker. Like, I didn't know what kind of shape Taker's in. Just because he, you know, he's in good shape doesn't necessarily mean he's in good ring shape. Um, so when they put together this little video package, I I was intrigued by it. And it kept my attention right until the very end where it looked like they had someone wearing a, a glove on the wrong hand just <laughs> sticking up out of the grave for like like just you know like, <laughs> wax hand. some Michael Jackson thriller shit. Like like something that would have made sense had AJ buried the Undertaker and like the Undertaker's fist is in the air, like it's not over or whatever. But you, you know Montez's, Montez Ford's tweet about that? No. Oh, go ahead. I'll pull it up. Oh, all right. Yeah, I mean, just so like it it was really good uh, production wise, shit like that. And then just at the end, they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, this will do. Fucking amazing. I like <laughs> that. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. The Matt Hart's making these cinematic matches are actually like a thing that people look forward to seeing. Right. Uh, okay, Nick, Nick, your thoughts on the bowling match? Um, yeah, I, I liked most of it. Um, you know, it kind of reminded me of the sister, was it the sister Abigail match that Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt had in that fucked up house? Um, oh, okay, yeah. The house and, of Horrors? Yeah, House of Horrors match. There you go, there you go. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was pretty good for the most part. I didn't really think about the ending and having him pull like an undertaker esque type move, like raising his arms and having the shit lower. Um, I didn't think about that until you said it. So yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen something like that. I know it was undertaker, the man, Mark Calloway, but he still, he still teleported. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he still could have did something. Yeah. He teleported behind him and he could have pulled some shit off like that. Um, yeah, when they were on the but, roof and he went like this and the fire comes up behind yeah. him. Everything like it's not like he wasn't doing supernatural things this entire match. Exactly, um, and yeah, the production value was pretty cool. 
I wouldn't want to see matches like that all the time, but once in a while, I, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, it's it's I know it's taken away from the whole you know the wrestling purist or like, well, you know, it's fucking bullshit or whatever. You know, it is WWE World Wrestling Entertainment, so that entertainment part of it, I was okay with it. Um. Yeah, I don't. If you're a bitch about this match, I don't even want to see. You, uh, okay, there's a huge difference with bitching about specifics of this match. Like things you would have rather seen versus. What is that? That Z sitting down and making his camera move all over the place, so it not. Um, so <laughs> Z hasn't even had breakfast yet. He's already on beer number four. Number three. <laughs> there's four. <laughs> oh, this is number three. <laughs> so you can want things to have gotten a little bit better, things that could have been done better in it. Overall, um, I have to say it was not. It wasn't shit. Z, what is what is the low? What is the thing that you were like, what the fuck during this WrestleMania WrestleMania night one? Okay, Smitty, what is the one? Uh, no, I'll go with uh, there were. Okay, so uh, we all knew it was taped. So there were certain cur- camera angles where I was like, ooh, they edited the shit out of that. You know what I mean? Like, then there was certain audio clips that I don't know if they they edited the match and then did the commentary for the match, but it didn't seem like it. Cause it seemed like in the first match, like they were cutting certain, certain segments and just the words weren't adding up like, uh, as they sounded on TV, if that makes sense. But I mean, for me, it was just the editing job on some Hello, little ones. That, that's why, uh, one of my favorite matches was the Sami Zayn Daniel Bryan match because it didn't seem like there was a lot of camera editing in that match. Like they actually got to perform their match and they just used different angles because they could actually use all of the angles because they didn't, you know, fuck up or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Smitty, what was the major low for you for night one? Um, I said it was probably the women's tag matches are just so forgettable at this point. Really? I really was not invested in that match whatsoever. What match was that? What match were you not invested in? The women's tag match. And I love bitches. (laughs) Christ. All right. uh, Nick, you're one low from WrestleMania night one. My low? Wow. Um, Well. Wow. Yowie. Wowie. That's tough. I mean, it's not like there were a ton of lows, but I, I think for me, the the opening match with the Kabuki Warriors and Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, I mean, it was an okay match. It was just a match. Um, I'm used to WrestleMania kicking off with a bang, and I know this was a different WrestleMania um, than we've ever seen before, but 
yeah, I just was kind of left like, eh, like if this is what we're going to have for the next three hours, I'm going to get pretty fucking bored pretty fucking quick. But, um, but it did pick up from there. So I thought that match was better than Daniel Bryan and, uh, Sami Zayn. I thought there was too much going on in that one actually too. I, so Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn is not my love. But it definitely did. It was the only thing I had expectations for in this entire show, this entire night because I knew going into it, you had two wrestlers that could put on wrestling clinics, and it just was meh. It was an all right match. It wasn't horrible by any stretch of the imagination, but I guess because it's the only thing I had expectations for, the fact that they didn't live up to it really hurt me. Now, yep. go ahead. But hold on. That was that is kind of what I was talking about. Like, I don't think this is the end of the feud, and I think they're gonna have like a SummerSlam match to culminate this, and then they'll have the great match. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the first time they kind of met, and they need to build to something, especially if they're gonna continue with Daniel in the Intercontinental picture. So, I mean, that's the kind of shit I was talking about like earlier. With I think some storylines ended not the way they should have because they're trying to progress them forward. All right. Um, but my love completely a hundred percent is the Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler match. One, the match was okay. Let's, let's not make it seem like this is one of the best matches that either of these women have put on Two, oh. Shayna lost at the end of it. Are you kidding me? In a wonky fucking way too. Like, you brought up a woman and made her look at like the strongest, most dominant woman that you have had in your division in a very long time. She is the only person that eliminated everybody in an elimination chamber match. The only person. And then she was to roll up to a roll up. I'm okay <laughs> with the loss of a roll up in a situation. Like if Becky would have lost that way, that's how Shayna lost her belt the first time in NXT. It was a roll up. She, I think she was putting them. Uh, I don't remember who won it. She put a careful to clutch, and Kyrie saying rolled her into yeah. rolled her on the table. It's not like it hasn't happened before, but that Kyrie saying win was put in there with the roll up because it was unexpected. It caught Shayna off guard. Shayna had been so dominant for so long that she got in her. That it was it was built up that she is this confident, cocky son of a bitch, and then she got caught. This. Is not that this kills any momentum that she had trying to elongate this into a storyline to have it at SummerSlam or something like that. I think is stupid. I think you killed everything that you had with Shayna Baszler and you just are sending her back down to NXT because not once did these, when they were showing her like her nameplate on the lower third, it always said NXT Shayna Baszler, not raw Shayna Baszler. So you've had Shayna on the main roster since Royal Rumble, but she's still NXT. Like to me, it, it, it I can't get my head around this. It's like they never really gave a shit about Shayna, so they just threw her into this and then rolled it up and was like, "All right, she's done now." What was the fucking purpose? I, I think this is the worst use you of a fodder in a very ever. I think it's the worst use of a call up, any NXT call up. Period. Except maybe uh, uh, no way, Jose. Easy for I, I, I agree oh. with you because you could have progressed the storyline of SummerSlam by having Shayna win, and I, then have the two women continue going forward. Now, I mean, the whole storyline here was 
could Becky beat Shayna? And she did. So now, now what do you do? Like you move on and then you, and then like that stupid fucking roll up shit. I don't know, man. I, you're absolutely right. I forgot all about that match. That's how bad that was to me is I forgot it even happened last night. Um, it was by far the worst thing they've done creatively in a long fucking time. And I can't even say that her call-ups worse than EC3 because EC3 hasn't been being used to be destroyed. At least EC3 had some sort of fun with that cup. And then they brought up the street profits. They were like, okay, you can't do the cup anymore. But still EC3 hasn't been like squashed or anything uh, horribly to where you're like, wow, that really ruined him. Or yeah. SmackDown at least. What do you mean? He's on main event, pretty much getting squashed. He's pretty much getting beat on main event and uh, superstars. You watch main event because you have no life. <laughs> True. <laughs> I'm not working right now. <laughs> Neither am I, bro. Neither am I. You I'm not watching main event kid. either. You have a child, sir. Uh, yeah, that I just got back for the first time in two weeks because I was had the Rona. But again, you completely destroyed any build with Shayna Baszler for this. I thought. It was the worst thing about WrestleMania night one. And I'll be very honest. It took me out of the fucking show because it was that horrendous at the end of that. Sure. You had a couple matches after that, but still I was just like, what? And all, honestly, that may be why I didn't like the Drew, uh, the Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn match so much because that followed that. It was right after that. And I'm still like sitting there seeing that Shayna Baszler had lost for n- absolutely no reason. Smitty was talking about it. We were, when we were watching, he goes, you know, I picked a disqualification, Shayna to win by disqualification or Becky to win by disqualification. And that would have made sense if Shayna was just beating the absolute hell out of Becky Lynch in the corner and the refs given to the five count and she's just going at it. That would have made sense. She would have lost, but at least it would have been because Shayna wouldn't stop beating the shit out of Becky Lynch, making her just as strong, just as viable and things like that. It just this completely killed her to me. Yeah, I thought the the match itself wasn't that bad. There were some pretty stiff shots, and they were really going at it for a while. And But, yeah, I mean, they could have done pretty much anything else at the end of that match. Just, you know, had fucking both women just walk away, and you'd fucking wonder why. I mean, that would have made more sense. Yeah. But, the, I mean, that shitty roll-up, even if that would have happened 10 minutes later and Shayna fought her ass off, and there were nine near falls, and she just couldn't pin Becky. That would have made more sense. But, I mean, just, okay, and Becky won. I was sitting there watching it, and I was not ready. You know how, like, you'll get that feeling, like, okay, this match is coming to a head. It's going to end soon. I didn't fucking get that feeling at all. I was just like, oh, it's over. Yeah. That sucks. No, I I was like, oh, shit, that was the ending. Like, I didn't expect that. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just they could have salvaged that in if they just had Shayna beat the hell out of Becky after it was over instead of having her just sitting in a corner like in disbelief. Yeah. Like you could have you could have you could have built some something else like just have Shayna beat that dog. You shit had Shayna bite the back of her neck to start this fucking promo, <laughs> and then like you don't have any color or anything. Like it wasn't even that competitive of a fucking match. Uh, I will say though, all of the things like you. you I was surprised I saw blood in the Boneyard match, but that's because Taker's arm busted. He, he pulled a Goldberg. When Goldberg broke that one window and it fucked his arm up, 
That's what Taker just did. I love how he sold it too. He's like, oh, I cut myself. (laughs) (laughs) But you couldn't you couldn't have color or anything like that in any of these other matches for the simple fact of the times we're in, the coronavirus, COVID-19. Like you can't be risking things more like that. You know, the Undertaker thing was, oops, this happened because of like he when he grabbed that little pipe and stuff, it was just supposed to bust. The world's smallest pipe instead. You can't edit that, right? I mean, you could, I guess, you know, but all of a sudden now Taker would have to do a completely different entrance with, you know, tape on his arm or something like that. But you couldn't have the color in any other of these matches because for the simple fact that there's way too much with all of this shit, you know? Um, so that being said, Nick, we're going to start off with you, then Z, then Smitty. Uh, what's the thing that you're looking for more, most forward to WrestleMania night two? Um, I, I still have, I still have interest in Brock and, uh, and Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Um, but based on what we saw with the Boneyard match, okay, now I'm like, all right, well, now we have this Firefly Funhow match. Are they going to be pulling off the same idea where it's a cinematic match? Oh, yeah. Maybe in some fucking Funhouse or uh, I don't know, but I'm, I'm more interested in that now than what I was before. All right. Z. Um, I don't even <laughs> connect the dots with the whole Firefly Funhouse match. Um, I'm looking forward to you know being disappointed when Brock retains from Drew, <laughs> and uh, beyond that, I mean, I I'm curious to see how who takes the Rhea Ripley Charlotte match because I had a real tough time picking that one on my score. I did too. I did too. So I'm looking forward to see how that one. That one I, I thought that was a sure thing. Rhea Ripley winning that. Yeah. Well, why? Why? Because Charlotte's not going down to NXT. Why not? Well, right now, right now, right now, right now, NXT they're cheering. Go back to Raw. Go back to Raw. That makes her the perfect fucking heel for NXT. <laughs> uh, Smitty. Uh, kick his ass, Steve. I'm looking forward to Otis versus Ziggler. Probably the best story, the best book story that they, the WWE has right now. <laughs> None of you mentioned the last man standing between Randy Orton and Edge. Because nobody cares. Really? Edge, Edge is going to win. Edge has to win. No, I think Orton's going to win out, actually. I think just Edge, okay, just Edge is actually he's going to go out on his back and actually retire on his own terms. No, he signed a contract. He signed a three-year a certain- deal, you dumb fuck. So he's going over in this match. Yeah. It's the only reason to have this match. I also truly believe Edge is winning this, but I'm looking forward to it as my most anticipated thing because of one, the storyline that was built two, the match that these two could put on. Right. So night one, my only match. Oh, an empty fucking arena. Yeah. A fucking empty last man standing match in an empty. Yeah. Arena. Holy fuck. Right. So night one, my only match I had expectations for Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn. Night two, the only match I have expectations for is Randy Orton and Edge. That being said, I still think Drew McIntyre is going to go over and it's only going to take one Claymore kick and he's going to knock the fuck out of Brock Lesnar. Claymore country. (laughs) All right. Final thing that we're going to discuss. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring came back. Uh, first two episodes, uh, well, the first episode was a two-part episode. So the first two hours of this show was the Chris Benoit uh, story. 
And then episode two was called the life and crimes of new Jack. Uh, <laughs> let's, let's kick it off with obviously their first episode, a very polarizing episode because there's a lot of people that honestly can't stand Chris Benoit for the things that he did, but also can't separate the body of work the man had versus the last 72 hours of his life. Um, Z, we're going to start with you because you are always, you and me always make all the Chris Benoit jokes, period. We always run back and forth. If there's a meme to be posted, uh, 90% of the time it was you that posted the Chris Benoit meme. Uh, other 10% of the time it was Smitty. Um, so you get into this, you watch it. There's a lot of things to take away that people didn't know. They also brought in a lot of Eddie Guerrero with this. And to find out that Eddie passed away in Chavo's arms, that I had never known that. I never heard anything well, like that. They, they, had, they had to put Eddie in here because Eddie is part of the reason Chris lost it there at oh, the yeah. end. So then you find out that because Chavo, you know, Chris calls him and he goes, are you sitting down the same, within the same hour because they're all supposed to go work out together. And he asked him if he was sitting down and he said, Chris Benoit, a guy that never showed emotion, which is crazy to think about that these are some of his best friends and the dude never showed emotion to them. Chris breaks down. And then you see the emotion that Chris had uh, in the Eddie Guerrero tribute show. And then how WWE did the tribute show because they have all of the full details to the Chris Benoit situation. And then Jericho goes, but William Regal was really telling in what he said because William was like, all I'm going to say is he put out a really good body of work, Right. And Regal, and as Jericho said, because William Regal lived in the area that Chris Benoit did, so we had a lot more information than everybody else. Then to find out that WWE just cut ties with the Benoit family and uh, Nancy's family, uh, just completely, 100%, no anything, no, you know, they sent JR to the funeral, but JR also said he wanted to go because he loved Chris Benoit. Um, so looking at this, the entire thing, everything, what are your major takeaways from this episode of uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Uh, that they finally got the the family to agree to, you know, talk on a documentary series. Um, I've done a lot of research on the Benoit double murder, suicide, whatever, um, only because I, I truly believe for the longest time that he, he didn't do it and that he was set up by... Kevin Sullivan, who was also mentioned in this documentary. And um, talk in the documentary. Yep. Um, so, I mean, I didn't really learn anything new um, other than, you know, uh, direct emotion from Jericho and stuff. Like, he's narrating it, but he, you know, was also there when, you know, when it happened and stuff like that. So, I mean, for me, again, I didn't learn anything new, but at the same time, like you, you get a better timeline. It's actually nice to finally hear them talk about it on TV and, and not be such an outcast because unfortunately it was a tragedy, but there's a lot that can be learned from this tragedy going forward, you know, with head injuries. And, and we have like, that's the whole reason why WWE has the, the wellness policy they have now. So. Yeah, they they did a great job for those first two hours of Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, Nick, you know I didn't know how close 
uh, one thing that I learned, um, how close Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit were at, at that time for the longest time. Um, I knew they were friends and, and whatever, but I didn't know that it was the relationship that it was. So, you know, when they started diving into the world of Eddie Guerrero and what happened upon his death, you know, and you see Chavo's reaction and Vicky's reaction and all these memories that are getting brought up, that's stuff that was sort of new to me. So, um, you know, that part of it really kind of pulled me in even more and more so than what I was already interested. Um, but it was, uh, it was nice to finally... The only thing I've ever really seen was just speculation, people making comments here and there. Nobody actually ever, no interviews, no documentaries obviously have ever been made from this. So that, that was really interesting to, to see that. And I didn't learn anything new. I don't know much about the whole Kevin Sullivan situation that Z had mentioned. I'm very interested in that now. So I, I'll have to go and do some research on that part of it. But um but it was it was really interesting, and I'm glad they finally made something like that. I, I did I did have a takeaway from this though. I did actually have one. I went back and watched that match between Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit at Super Brawl, so I could see how much of a slugfest it actually was. Yeah, that was um, great. Hear about Smitty. I like the way the, how they talked about Benoit's discipline. Uh, it was all. It was said that he's always been like really into his craft and uh, some of the discipline there, the way he uh, and the way he took things inside and out the ring, like his, his discipline for the for the uh, sport professional wrestling. I'm uh, glad that this this uh, this documentary shed light on that. You okay. Know? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of things uh, with this. My uh, my biggest takeaway was mostly uh, the reaction from Eddie's like. Uh, his his passing, like Vicky saying that you know Benoit was laying on his uh, Eddie's side of the bed, holding Eddie's pillow, you know, just crying and stuff, or being in just you know, crying and that, and it, then saying that. But when he got around the boys, Stone Cold, Stone Fitness. right? Yeah. Um, and I mean that's a part of like what everyone does in their daily life is you know you know one of the things that any a lot of people's jobs preach is work is work. Home is home. Keep the two separate. And, it, you know, Benoit being the constant professional definitely kept uh, home life separate. And they said that they thought it helped them that they bought the journal, but it turned out that he was getting out a lot of weird emotions in, <clears throat> excuse me, in that journal. So when they read it, they were like, this is like the diary of a madman diving into it. Excuse me. Like, oh, so, like, some, like some of that discipline I was talking about, like the wild discipline and um, pretty much in life, in the, throughout his life. Like you mentioned earlier, like um, the whole squat thing when he said he barely missed Jericho with the heel kick. So how many squats do you do for killing your family? He didn't do any. Well, he got off scot free, fucker. He uh, was trying he to get off squat free. <laughs> he did one pull up. <laughs> <laughs> one pull up for a lifetime. All it took was one pull up. <laughs> one pull up the punishment for killing your family. <laughs> you won't see that stretch on DDT, DDP yoga. <laughs> oh. <laughs> DDP, why you gotta do that? <laughs> <laughs> 
okay. Episode two, the life and crimes of new Jack. Uh, I watched it. Smitty live. is fucking geek. Z, I think you watched this live as well. I did. I and did. we're both like in the chat talking uh, about it to Smitty. Um, because at the time I wasn't on the Facebook, so we had a, a different group chat going. Sorry, Joe, you're a green bubble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> poor people. Um, Smitty, we're going to start with you because you eventually watched it. Uh, what were your takeaways from New Jack? Uh, New Jack tries to be professional, but if you cross him, he's going to fuck you up. Tries? So if you no, if you cr- try to cross New Jack, he will fuck you up. What cross? One dude was just like, "All right, whatever, man, let's go." That's not crossing. That's just getting fed up with the conversation. But also, one of the biggest things is I introduced uh, well, my woman. I introduced Shannon to New Jack throughout this documentary. You what? I introduced Shannon to New Jack throughout. This like personally, like, hey, no. this is New Jack. I know this black guy. No, no, we all know. <laughs> she didn't know anything about New Jack until I showed this documentary. I'm just showing her New Jack clips. It's like this fucker's just fucking nuts. All right, uh, Nick, I'm, I'm intrigued your uh, response to this because we have all been these diehard wrestling fans for so long, and like you said, your basic knowledge of uh, the wrestling business was mostly WWE until you kind of got into this show. So seeing all the new Jack stuff in ECW in mid South, and then obviously post, what is your takeaway from the life and crimes of new Jack? I want to try and find uh, as many of these matches as I can. Uh, <laughs> um, WWE network. You can find new Jack on WWE network under ECW. Yeah. Interviews. Um, yeah. I, the only, only experience that I had with New Jack prior to this was seeing pictures, hearing his name, and seeing the preview for Dark Side of the Ring. Um, and then whatever you guys had ever mentioned about him before, and and the I can't pinpoint any specific comments that you said, but anytime his name gets mentioned, in my mind, I'm like, sounds like a bad motherfucker. <clears throat> so <Yes>, he is. <laughs> um, it it was there was there's a lot going on there and that's probably one of the better one of the better episodes of Dark Side of the Ring that I, I've seen. Um, my biggest takeaway though is you know why wasn't I more into wrestling at this point because this shit was beyond anything that I had been watching with WWE. Like this was a lot of holy shit moments and I, I wish that at in his peak, we had more of this, you know, blurred line between what's real and what's not, like mm-hmm. to just kind of dive more into what he's about. And this opened up that door. I, I'm, I am though. I'm very interested to go back and try and find uh, as many of his matches and that I can, especially that full match with him and Sandman, just to go back and watch that whole thing. Um, uh, and I believe the Sandman one was uh, back in '98. This new was Sam was back in '98, the fall of '98. Z, are you there? I know the video's gone. No, he's not there. All right. So my takeaway from the new Jack thing, uh, when he tased the big dude, right, um, <laughs> and threw him off the scaffold, <laughs> he said he literally said he was okay. So Delo's talking about it. He goes. If he would have hit the ground, he would have died. 
And then it cuts to New Jack, who was like, I was trying to throw him all the way to the ground, but I didn't throw him hard enough. Like, he literally is basically <laughs> saying, I wanted to kill this motherfucker. Like, <laughs> but he also talked about how, like, when he talked about that spot and then when my man got tried to punk out, he, that's what he threw him. He didn't punk out. He tased him. He punked out from the one earlier that fucked New Jack's head up. And then New Jack was like, this dude didn't call me. I was gone away for a year. He goes, I was trying to kill this motherfucker. What? Like, legit on this show is saying, I wanted to kill him. No fucks I, given. I thought, I thought it was hilarious because then on his Twitter feed afterwards, if you, if you were following New Jack, people were like, wait, so Chris Benoit, a dude that murdered his family and then killed himself, is, was put over as this really good guy. But New Jack's a problem because New Jack, New Jack didn't fucking murder anyone. No, mur- New Jack tried to murder people. And New Jack just didn't do it. He did, he's a really bad murderer because he didn't he kill. Stabbed him in the like several times. He's like, oh, I was, I was raised up and my dad wasn't around. Yeah. You wonder why I think the way I think? Motherfucker, what? <laughs> like, this shit was fucking nuts. Wasn't I, he stabbed a motherfucker in a ring? Right. He was like, I counted it. New said 13 times. It was nine. It was only nine. <laughs> I counted it. <laughs> I, I knew how many times I stabbed this guy. What? Another thing. Another thing is like, uh, I was a little bit too young for his mid, was a mid south run, but I actually do want to go, go back and watch some more of his mid south run because Cornetti was saying like we tried to build a heel yeah. off of all the uh, social unrest within the black community and use that as a heel because they were down in Atlanta. You know, I'm I'm gonna say this about this because this is something that I was that when I was watching I was like. But you're kind of bringing it to the situation that it became. So when New Jack's like, I saw this and I wanted to recreate the Rodney King thing, but with us beating the white people, my first thought is, so I, I get it. You're trying to get heat and you're thinking this is the South. These people are, uh, you know, Hicks, so on and so forth, blah, blah, blah. Um, they got, we come out, they call us nigger. Right. Yeah. It's it's like it's kind of like you're you're doing something that would incite that reaction. You know what I'm saying? Like you're I get it. You're trying to get heat, you're trying to be the bad guy, and to be the bad guy when you're black in the in the south, the smart thing to do is to attack, you know, the white. I mean, very honestly, most I mean, dude, when I lived down there. It was a completely different world when I lived in Florida. A lot of people are 100% just like that. They're dropping the N-bomb like crazy. Those Confederate flags are flying. But it comes to a point where you also kind of have to accept responsibility for what you're bringing upon yourself. Now, like the one time when Hunter Red, when he was fighting Hunter Red, and the crowd just kept calling him the N-word, he wasn't doing anything uh, like race baiting. Or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that was just that crowd being complete pieces of shit. Okay. But for the Mid-South crowd, it's like when D'Lo's like, you got to kind of go out there and work and they're just, you know, dropping these N-bombs on you and stuff like that. And he goes, it's kind of hard to concentrate and do your job when that's their response. And it's like, but weren't you kind of doing things to incite that response? Like, Smitty, am I wrong here? Because to attack all the the race baiting things that were going on at that time, it just seems like what you were doing is you wanted that response, but you can't then complain that you're getting that response. I don't think New Jack was complaining. I think other people were complaining about getting that response. He knew what he was doing. 
at that point. But like, okay, so D'Lo saying it though, if if you're talking about it, like again, D'Lo's still a part of that, right? Yeah, well, uh, maybe D'Lo's point of view is different from New Jack and um, Mustafa's. All right, all right, um. I really wish Z was here because I wanted to talk, him to talk about the New Jack thing, but he must have got a fuck, another work call. Fucking nerd. Um, that's it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Um, next week, uh, we'll do a show, obviously talking about maybe another episode of Dark Side of the Ring, uh, WrestleMania Night 2, uh, see what WWE does to finish off the week, uh, see how far AEW has gone with any pre-taped things because who knows if any of these wrestling companies are going to be going on after this it's a weird time we're living in this man because of the coronavirus and everything like that um i don't know obviously we're gonna try we're definitely gonna come back for one week after this i don't know what we're gonna have to talk about post this uh week for the next show so Hopefully we'll be around. Hopefully we'll have some more stuff to talk about. Maybe just do a couple things here or there on Facebook and on Twitter. Uh, so make sure you guys are following us. If you go to breakingdownthering.com. You can find all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all that fun stuff. Um, Nick, what are some words that you have for the viewers, the listeners, and things like that? Uh, <clears throat> stay home and stay well. Wash your ass. Um, don't hoard toilet paper. And love each other from a distance. Six feet away, bitch. Six feet. And I'm glad you're feeling better, Mikey. Thanks. It's you know, uh, in the words of Cardi B, coronavirus, this shit is real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I hope you post that. Me saying that out because I just I, I don't like no, it. No, you quoted Cardi B, bro. You man, oh, and I hate. I don't, I don't like her. Oh, Smitty B over here. Coronavirus. Get it real. Uh, yeah. Stay safe, everybody. Uh, Take same care thing. Of yourselves uh, and each other. Make sure you guys are washing your hands. Stay home. Stay everything. It's this shit's real. I dealt with it. I had it for, um, you know, I kept. I keep saying a week, but I guess I kind of had it for like a week and a half because that fever kind of started Tuesday, and I, you know, I would take some Tylenol because I had a headache. So I guess that was also killing the fever. So I didn't really know how how long I had this fever till I really thought about it. So yeah, man, I dealt with this for like a week and a half from like a little over a week and a half from one Tuesday to the following to the Sunday second Sunday that followed that. Uh, with the major symptoms being from Saturday night through Thursday, Friday. Uh, it's crazy, man. Stay home, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't go get your fucking nails done. Don't go try and go get a fucking home haircut from your barber. Stay home. Get shaggy. Look like Smitty. It's fine. It's totally okay. Or just shave Look your- at this. Look at this shit. <laughs> Look at what shit? There's nothing there. My fucking, my head. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> I'm about to have that old school accountant look. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching. We really appreciate it. Again, go to breakingdownthering.com. Support the podcast, man. Breaking down the ring will take you to the official merchandise site as well. Buy a shirt, man. We can use any type of help. Don't, don't. Oh, I thought you were unzipping. 
What really? Do you not know what? Oh, fucking Christ! We are your ring crew, Nick. Nick, not sick. Oh, Dick. <laughs> Nick, not sick, Dick. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm just me. And me, the all Mikey one, Mikey himself. Uh, watch WrestleMania tonight. Have fun. We're gonna come back next week to talk about it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching, ladies and gentlemen. And we are out. <laughs>